but I pray that we would just receive, receive the word of the mantle that's on this man. Because before even meeting him, I've been touched by the ministry of understand the Father's heart. All God's people say amen. 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 Thank you so much. Why don't you, uh, if you would, open up to Jeremiah chapter 1. And uh, what I'm going to share this morning really uh, leads into what I was talking about last night, but just kind of coming at it from a different angle. Um, it is good to be here. I'm so glad to be here. I mean, heck, during this pandemic, it's great to be anywhere. It's just great to get out of the house. Um, as, uh, as I said, my name is Christopher Olson. I am from Ankeny, Iowa, just on the north edge of our capital, Des Moines, Iowa. And uh, I've known Jose now for about two and a half years and love this man. And I'm thankful for the connection of God has connected us in the spirit. And just want to come out and spend time with him and Dana. And this has been a blessing. And uh, that first night be able to also get to know your pastor. Um, though he doesn't want to be called pastor. Yeah. Uh, the, man who, the man who would have us a position of pastor here. Yesterday. <laughs> uh, so that is that has just been a blessing and uh, just God is so so good. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Mm. If it's forever, does that not include 2020? Mm-hmm. Does that not include a pandemic season? Mm-hmm. If his love endures forever. Does that not include anyone who might inhabit the White House? Forever. I don't know if you ever think about this with the Word of God, but you think about, especially like in the Psalms, where it's full of this phrase, for the Lord is good and His love endures forever. That's written a long time ago. And a lot of things have happened since that was written. Kings have come and gone. Rulers have risen and passed away. The people of God have gone through trials and tribulations. But that word never changes. Come on. Because God never changes. Come on. And in this season of so much chaos and so much change, God has been speaking to me, reminding me that, Christopher, there's been a lot of change. But have I changed? Come on. No. No, Papa, you have not changed. You are faithful in every way. God is immutable. He never changes. And then he spoke to me and he said, have you changed? Well, the very essence of who I am, my core value and my identity does not change. And nothing, no kind of pandemic can change that. Now, just to get this out of the way, I did uh, have... I had the blessed privilege of having COVID back in the spring and uh, dealt with that for two weeks. And finally, I'm, I was feeling better. I'm like, okay, I was quarantined and I'm thinking, you know, my time's up and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling almost normal again. And so I get outside and said, honey, let's just go for a short walk because we used to love going on walks together. And, um, and so, you know, we're not going to do that. Obviously, when I was quarantined. So we get out and we take this short walk. It's like, oh, it feels so good be alive again. She's like, oh, that's great. I don't feel too well. <laughs> and it was her turn. So she took care of me for two weeks and I took care of her. So, um, as far as ministry time goes, hey, we want people to feel comfortable. Um, I love the ministry of laying on of hands. I also believe in the ministry of laying on of hugs. And along with that, uh, so I had COVID, got over it, I'm good. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not, I'm not fearful. Uh, I can't get it. I can't give it. Um, but, so, if you do not want any physical contact with ministry, please make me aware of that. Because if I don't hear otherwise, I will assume it's a green light. Um, so, want everyone to feel comfortable, and, uh, and you will not offend me by whatever you might choose to do. Okay? Sound good? So, you know, one of the things that um, we were talking about in the time of worship, that your pastor, Mr. Dave, uh, was referring to in worship, is about the goodness of God. He said, 
you know, we were singing it, you'll never let me down. How many of you have ever felt that let down by God? Sure. I have. Well, what's the deal with that song? The one who says you'll never let me down, man. It's like it's our testimony. I felt let down by God. Well, here's what I know. There's a lot that I don't know. There's a few things that I know, and this is one of the things that I do know. I do know that I don't know everything. Come on. But I do know this. Is that God is really good, and my experience does not define reality. Amen. That's good. And my experience doesn't define God. So I admit I have felt let down by God, but my feelings do not dictate who God is. That's right. Because He's really good and He's really faithful. And I have felt let down by God. I've been through some painful things. And I would say really over the last about 10 years of my life, these last 10 years, I've been through the most painful things in my life. Just devastating pain where my heart was being ripped out and I just wept bitter tears before God and it was so painful. But I can also tell you that in the last 10 years I've seen the goodness of God like I believe I've never seen before. Yeah, come on. And so while I felt like I was let down by God, He will never let me down. And those feelings are a temporary experience. And what that tells me is, God, I need to see my experience through another lens. Because the tendency for all of us is, is to interpret God through our circumstances rather than interpret our circumstances through God. That's good. Come on. And man, if we're interpreting God's nature and character through our circumstances, oh my goodness, we are on for a wild roller coaster ride of emotions. And that's a quick recipe for backsliding. But when I go, God, you are good all the time. You are a faithful, perfect, loving father. I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't like what I'm going through. But you are good in everything and every way. So Lord, I'm going to superimpose what I know to be true of your nature and character as revealed from your word. I'm going to superimpose that over my circumstances. That's good. Now I'm going to interpret my circumstances through your goodness. It's good work. And I can be honest and say, God, I don't like it. It hurts. I'm in pain and I don't like it. But I know that you're good. So, Lord, would you constantly see it from your perspective? And this is what I found out about God. God does not always, maybe even often, but God does not always give me what I want. But he always gives me what I need. But he's so good that I've learned over the last many years is that he's so good that in the end I find out that what I really Needed is really what I always wanted. Come on. Have you ever had circumstances in your life where you, you look back and you're like, God, that's so disappointing. You're like, God, why, why, why? And then you come, whew, thank you that you did not answer those prayers. Yeah. Come on. God, I was so desperate. I wanted this to work out. Oh, man, thank you that that did not happen. Yeah. You're looking back now. You relate to what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And there's other things you're like, no, God, this is. Say that he's quick to anger and slow to love. Thankfully, no. 
It says that he is slow to anger and abounding in love. I can't help it. I just move around a lot. I go left to right. You just go front to back. Okay, okay. Um, real quick, uh, I brought just a few copies of a book uh, that I wrote a while back. Come on into Papa's presence. Um, if you're interested in that, you can look at me or perhaps Jose afterwards if I'm praying for people because I got just a few in the backpack there. Um, and uh, wrote that a while back and just really about my journey uh, in encountering the Father's love, both in encounters and experiences that I've had with the love of the Father and learning to live in His presence and also just scripture that has really spoken to me. And hopefully, I think God grace you to put some just very practical tips in there on how to enter, live, and abide in His presence. So by the grace of God, I, I hope I accomplished a nice mix where it's, it's not just testimony, but it's stories of encounter, but then also just biblical precepts, biblical teaching, and weave it all together. Um, and I would say one of the things about this book is, is just a phrase that I shared last night, is that um, for a lot of years, I hungered and thirsted after God and trying to press into His presence. And how many know that hunger and thirst is really good? Yeah, yeah. Hungering after God is very necessary, and God is attracted to hungry hearts. But here's the thing. I was trying to press into God's heart so much based on my love for God. I love you. I love you. I love you. God, I'm seeking your face. And that worked to a degree of getting into his presence, but it was hard to abide in his presence. Yeah. That. And what I learned is that instead of trying to enter his presence based on my love for him, it's been a whole lot better when I learned to enter his presence based on his love for me. Yeah, that's good. Because my love is weak and it fluctuates. My emotions are all over the place. And I'm weak. I'm weak. But his love is perfect. It's strong and it never changes. And I only love him because he first loved me. All I can do is reciprocate. He is the fountainhead of all love. And all I do is I catch a glimpse of him, his goodness, his mercy, his grace. He who's been forgiven much, loves much. I catch a glimpse of his infinite worth. Oh, how much he's forgiven me, how much he loves me, how much he likes me, and delights in me. And I can't help but just love him back. Yeah. He's that good. He's that good. So, let's take a look at this passage from Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah 1 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests living in Anathoth. In the territory of Benjamin, the word of the Lord came to him in the thirteenth year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. It also came throughout the days of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the fifth month of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. Wow, that's very detailed. <laughs> Here's what I find interesting about that. Is every story has a context. Every life has a context. That's good. Every life has a context. There's all these details about... The one, who's a, the one who received the word, who's about to give the word, there's a context, there's a specific setting in which we find him in. God didn't just randomly choose whatever dude that was out there. No, I'll just pick him. No, he knew who his forefathers were. He knew who his dad was. He knew the setting. He knew all the details. It wasn't random. God was very specific in his sovereign choosing. Each of us this morning, we have a unique context from which we come from. I do not know your context. But God does. Yeah, that's good. He knows who your parents are, your forefathers. He knows the family traditions, the good and the bad that were passed down to you, the genes, good and bad, that were passed down to you. He knows it all. He knows all of those details. He's, he knows everything about that context. And then it says this. At the end it says, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. There's problems going on with the people of God. You read the Old Testament and it's full of backsliding from the people of God. They're always getting themselves into trouble. They're falling into idolatry. They're backsliding. And they're facing the consequences of what they've done. 
And so here's a, here's a crisis. The children of Israel are led off into exile. God, we have a crisis going on. Our whole nation. God, things are a mess. Anybody relate to this? <laughs> God, our whole nation. And even just the body of Christ itself. So much, so much backsliding. So much uh, fraction. And just uh, people breaking off into different groups. And, and division. And people, whole parts of the body of Christ embracing wrong things. And embracing heresy. And all kinds of junk going on in the body of Christ. All this stuff that's going on. And we can go, God! So, okay, you tell us that you're aware of the problems going on with our nation and with the, with the people of God. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And here's the next words. Verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me. Okay, finally, God's going to speak. All right, God. This is it. We need a miracle. We need a breakthrough. Woo! Finally, God is about to speak. Let's see what he has to say. I knew you before I formed you in the womb. <laughs> okay, God. I mean, that's great. That's great. Like, you're really big. You know all this stuff. Way back then, when I was a little baby, my mom was a But come on, we're in a crisis. What does this have to do with the crisis we're in? I mean, that's great. You know me as a little baby anymore, but give me a break. We're in a crisis. And you're going to start off with this? Well, this is really the micro picture for a problem that was going on with the people of God. They're not off into exile, but the bigger macro picture is this. The whole planet led off into exile from God, led off into sin. And what is God's plan? I'm going to send Michael Archangel. And he's going to be 687 feet tall with a flaming sword and show mankind what they need to do. Does he do that? No. It's like, I'm going to start with a little seed in a virgin girl. Come on. And Mary. That's how you're going to reconcile people back to you? That's how you're going to set things straight? I mean, just a little seat. Yeah, that's how I start. Come on. But here's the other thing. God has plans. God has plans to... God has good plans. He has plans to reconcile, to restore, to bring deliverance. But He never does it apart from a person. That's yeah, good. Before he has a plan, he has a man. And that plan starts with a man. Come on. Unless you hear this one. Yeah, the man. The prophet. No, I'm saying you. Yeah, come on. You. The child of God. He's got amazing plans. But he always starts with the seed of the person. And she got this incredible context of these incredible challenges and he starts off with simply saying I knew you before I formed you I knew you before I formed you in the womb I set you apart before you were born I appointed you as a prophet to the nations and I want you to think about this think about this context I know this is real simple but I think sometimes we don't meditate on things like this. And again, I'm gonna share that these are mysteries I don't fully comprehend. It says that God knew us before we were in our mother's womb. How does that happen? I don't know. But I know it's true because the word says it. God in his infinite wisdom, in his infinite knowledge, he knew you before your mother formed, before you were formed in your mother's womb. If that is true, then let me ask you this. Did he not know your weaknesses? Yeah. Like, when he tells this to Jeremiah, we know, look, Jeremiah was an amazing prophet, he was an amazing man of God, but he wasn't perfect. There was only one who was ever perfect, and that's Jesus. 
Because Jeremiah was a human being like you and I, would it not be fair to assume that Jeremiah had some weaknesses? Jeremiah wasn't perfect. He was flesh and blood like you and I. He had some weaknesses. And the family he came from, going back to what he was referring to about parents, maybe good, godly, wonderful parents, but imperfect nonetheless, that he came from imperfection, and he had imperfection in his life. He had weaknesses in his life. Do you think any of those caught God off guard? I called you for a specific role. Oh, man, I didn't know. I forgot about that. Man, you are really messed up in that area. Yeah. Let me get more specific. Do you think for whatever God has called you to do, and all of us have a calling, in this case, in this passage, it is God has called Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations. But we all have a calling. You've been uniquely designed by the Father with a specific calling right. to unleash His glory on the earth in different ways and different facets. Here's, here's another thing that I love about this, is you do not find God saying, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations, and you better do it just like Isaiah. Or you better do it just like Enoch. He walked with me, and then he disappeared. And if you don't disappear after a while, you failed in your assignment. Come on, man. He didn't do that. Each of us were designed specifically by the Father for His pleasure, for His honor, and for His glory. Don't you think that God, in His foreknowledge, knew that you'd be exposed to pornography when you were a young kid? When you were abused by that family member? God's heart, when He saw that, he, His heart breaks over that. But it can't change His mind of Him choosing you. See, it's, it's easy to look at these passages and go, man, that's great for Jeremiah, he's a wonderful prophet of God. But, man, I don't feel qualified. Let me let, let me let me let you in on something. There is not a man or woman of God who I've ever known or even heard of that God has led to use who felt qualified. That's good. That's right. Feelings are overrated. Amen. But truth. Is of prime importance. Amen. Um, so he says, I knew you. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. I knew your tendencies, your good and bad. I knew your weaknesses. I knew your frailty. I'm not speaking of any kind of justification for sin. That's right. Okay? There's a process that we have to go out of maturity and deal with issues in our heart and get our character formed. But here's the thing. God still chose us. Yeah, come on. And He knew all of your idiosyncrasies. Yeah. When I started losing my hair, God did go, Oh my gosh! I, I was calling someone who had a pull out of hair! God, Christopher, how come you can't be more like, Dave, this guy has a great head of hair! Oh man, I, I don't think I can use you like I wanted to. No! He knew the genetic code I would have. I don't get it, my older brother. Thick head of hair. I don't have it. Don't get it. But you know what? Doesn't matter, God. That's just one little example. We all have different things. You think about the writers of Scripture Paul, Peter. Paul wrote, you know. So much of the New Testament. He had his background. And God's... <coughs> when, when it says that the Holy Spirit essentially wrote the Bible through the apostles. It's not like... I don't believe... I, I, it's not my understanding at all. That they were like... <laughs> hit by a lightning bolt. And they were a robot. Just uh, 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 right no, God used their unique vocabulary and personality That's good, yeah. and their background. That's so good, man. You know what I love about hearing preachers?
preachers preach, teachers teach, who do not have a ministry, quote, background, a full-time ministry background. I love to hear people teach who come from a background where they're a farmer or something like that. But maybe it's they were they're they're very gifted in working with computers. Because they come up with all kinds of analogies that I would never think of. That's good. Because all I've ever been is a minister. Nothing wrong with that. God bless that. God called me. That's what he's called me to. But you know what? There's insights that others of you in this room have into the word of God, into the secrets of the knowledge of the kingdom of God that other people don't understand. Because God has put something in your background that's unique. That's good. And there's parables and analogies you've discovered that I would never see. Because I don't have that kind of background. Because that's how your brain works. Come on. And that's how God designed you. And that's what God's called you to. I'm so glad that the Father is not going, I love you, but boy, it could just be more like Jose. <laughs> and you know what? God's not telling Jose, he needs to be more like me. That's good. He's a perfect, loving Father, and he knew exactly what he was doing when he chose you. It's a good word. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb, and I called you, chose you, sanctified you, set you apart. Wow, you wish to me, Mother. If you read through the epistles, a lot of times they'll open up like this. For example, Ephesians chapter 1. Before, before Paul jumps into all the good stuff, he starts out like this Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the will of God, grace and peace to you. To the saints of God in heaven, says, Peace, grace and peace to you. Like, straight out of the gate, he says, This is who I am. This is what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, an apostle, because I have the card that says I am. Uh, I'm an apostle, because this is what my denomination or my network calls me. That's good. Come on, Christopher. He didn't say, Paul, an apostle, because, you know, I said, man, I went to Bible college, I got my degree, and then I was a youth pastor for a few years, and I figured if I was faithful being a youth pastor, I could finally pastor a church. And if I was really good with that, maybe I could pastor a mega church, and then I would graduate to be an apostle. Doesn't say that. This is chosen by God. Come on. Look, we can be impressed by Paul's pedigree because he had an amazing religious background as a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Okay? An amazing religious background. But the dude murdered Christians. Come on. Don't think he didn't have his moments, especially in the days following his conversion, that he's sort of like, am I really worthy? Am I qualified? To tell anybody the good news of Jesus when I've been out murdering Christians? Obviously, he got over that. And whatever you feel might disqualify you, you get the privilege of getting over that too. Yeah, come on, man. Amen. Look, maybe you've made some mistakes in life, but most of you probably haven't like rounded up Christians and murdered them. But he just says, this is who I am. I am Paul, I'm an apostle. Not because of my choice, not because I'm smart enough, not because I'm worthy, not because I figured it out, not because I studied and figured out every detail with being an apostle. It's just, God called me. It's, it's just how it is. If the God of the universe calls me to be a prophet of the nations, if the God of the universe calls me to be an apostle, well, what choice do I have? I might as well just agree with him. Come on. So if he calls you to be a light and a witness to your high school, get over it. He loves you. He likes you and he chose to use you. Come on, man. Well, I'm just a lawyer and I'm not a pastor. No, we need godly lawyers. I'm just a police officer. We need good police officers of integrity. Amen. Don't diminish what God has put inside of you and what he's called you to. That's right. Well, I'm, I just, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Well, everyone's pretty much stay-at-home these days. So, <laughs> well, we're all part of that. But, but, man, you are a parent. You're a mom. What an amazing privilege. You are birthing a new generation. And you get to forge their character. You get to raise them in the things of God. What an amazing privilege. Amen. And they're, 
thought we got married. And, wow, we just feel so qualified to be new parents. And for those who do feel that way, it goes away very quickly after the baby comes. <laughs> then you don't feel qualified anymore. Like, oh no, what do I do? <laughs> but you get very quick on the job training. He's a really good God. He knew what he was doing when he called you. Yeah. And he has no regrets. Yeah, come on. Thank you, Lord. There is nothing you could do to convince him otherwise. That's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is this is what happens. How does how does Jeremiah respond in verse 6? Yep, that's me, prophet of the nations. I do it all the time. Let's just wait for your confirmation, God. <laughs> yeah, you picked a good one when you got me. Is that how he responds? No. What does he say? This is the prophet responding to God. Oh no, Lord! No, God! Look at him. I don't know how to speak. I am only a you. Now in this He's protesting God and he's saying, No, God, you got it wrong. You picked the wrong person. I don't know how to speak. I am too young. As if God didn't know how young he was. As if God didn't know his ability for speech, good or bad. As if God wasn't aware of that. He says, I'm too young. You know what I'm going to say? If, if God would have gave, if God would have gave Jeremiah the same encounter 30 years later, maybe 40, his response would have just simply been, I'm too old. Yeah. It's <laughs> true. I'm going to let you know my secret. I haven't shared this in a long time, in ages. But one of the secrets that has helped me I'm too old. I'm too old. I don't have an education. 
They're endless. Sure. Because the enemy's constantly trying to point out something, some reason why you're disqualified. Amen. From being chosen and loved by the Father and Him using your life. Amen. Well, I'm not from this country. I, 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 I struggle with language. I struggle with this and that. Well, what's bigger? Your struggle or the faithfulness of God? Come on. Not denying your struggle. I'm just saying God's really big. Look, let me fill a quick little context. For me, I, I, I don't know why God chose me. Other than, he knows what he's doing. I wouldn't have chose me to do what I do, but he happens to know what he's doing. Whether I, no matter how I feel, he knows what he's doing. Now, I don't want to brag about my educational background. I don't want to boast, but I'll let you in on something. I, I was smarter than basically every other kid I graduated with because I had a fifth grade education twice. <laughs> I'm not trying to boast, okay? Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to brag, but it's true, true story, okay? When I got C's, my parents celebrated. Oh man, he's going above and beyond, okay? And then for some crazy reason, God has called me to go to other nations, and specifically a lot in Latin America. And I've been preaching for many years now in Spanish. And God has used me to do that. But I can tell you, there's been a lot of times, man, I, it felt so ridiculous. I'm like, there are times I walk away and I'm like, God, what am I doing preaching in Spanish? It's ridiculous. I am screwed up so bad. This is ridiculous. And sometimes I thought, man, it just flowed really good. This is awesome. And there's just a flow with the language there. And then I walk away and I, all of a sudden I remember, oh man, I said that wrong. And somebody else will help me out and show me or remind me things that I did wrong that I didn't realize. Oh, hey, by the way, you probably have to say it this wrong. And what doesn't help is when you're going from country to country and they have different ways of phrasing things and different words. And some words are offensive in this country that are normal and that one and vice versa. It doesn't help. But yet he called me to go to Latin America to preach in Spanish. And what's worse is in the last few years, I've been going to Brazil a lot. And I know God has specifically called me to minister in Brazil. And there's been a few times where I found myself actually ridiculously preaching in Portuguese. That's my third language. My Spanish is good, but it's not perfect. But my Portuguese is really weak. I'm like, I'm not preaching in Portuguese? This is absurd. Here's what I've realized. God does not need your strengths. He right. wants you in your weakness, in your honest humility. He doesn't need your strengths, but He wants you in your weakness, in your honest humility. There's nobody I've ever known that God is mightily used ever truly felt qualified. But there's a balance to this. Because on one hand, in and of myself, I don't feel qualified. But here's the thing. I am not in and of myself. I'm in Christ. So I think the balance in this is where Jesus says, I believe John McKinney, where he says, apart from me you can do nothing. How many know that's true? But thank God for the full counsel of the Word of God, because then we get into Philippians, and God gives revelation to Paul, who says, I can walk into Christ to strengthen me. Amen. Is that a contradiction? No, not at all. It's just absolutely true. Apart from me, I can do nothing. But in Him, I can do all things. Amen. But if we look at ourselves, sometimes we can feel unworthy, or we can feel unqualified. But then we just set our affection back on Him. I had a conversation with a wonderful uh, friend who's a wonderful woman of God, um, and, and rather quite prophetic, several years back. And I asked her on the phone, I said, let me ask you a question. Are you worthy of God's love? No, no, I am not worthy. No, I am not worthy at all. I am so unworthy of His love. I mean, unless you count Christ, but man, I am not worthy. And I heard her share that, and I'm like, yeah, that, that's, that's very humble, that's great, that's, that's very humble. 
And then it struck me. That's kind of like somebody asking me, Christopher, are you married? And I go, no, I'm, I'm not married. <laughs> I am so single. I mean, I am single. I am so, I'm a lonely single guy. There's nobody in my, I mean, unless you count my wife. But apart from her, I mean, I am totally single. Come on. I'm completely single. It's a cool that, you know, she's my wife. But apart from her, I'm single. Well, wait a second, like, that would be absurd. As if she's some little add-on. No! We've been covenant, she's my wife! Yeah. We've been made one! Amen. And so some of us, we look at Jesus like that, and we're like, oh God, I'm unworthy, I'm so unworthy, who am I? I mean, unless you count what Jesus did, you know, for the cross to make glory. But apart from him, I'm just, but you're not apart from him. If you've been born again, his spirit now lives inside you. He's not some little Adam. Paul says this in Colossians. I believe it's chapter 1, around verse 11 and 12. He says, joyfully giving thanks to him who qualifies you to share in the inheritance of the saints. Joyfully giving thanks. You know what that means? You know what that tells me? It's not just a little, oh God, I don't know why he chose me. I'm such a loser, but somehow he can use my life. No, it's woohoo! I'm joyfully thanking you, God. You qualified me. Come on. Because God does not call the qualified, He qualifies the ones He calls. Yeah. It's like I joyfully give thanks to the one who qualifies me. That's how you and I get to live. Because if I'm not, if I eventually, I can start off with God, I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, all that kind of stuff, and I'm protesting God's choice. Because it's how I feel. But if I don't get to the point where I can joyfully celebrate who He is and the fact that He chose me even in my weakness, then I'm not seeing things accurately. So whatever God has called you to do, I understand there's that, there's that reaction inside. No, God, I can't do that. But eventually, you need to get to the point where you celebrate it and you joyfully give Him thanks who has qualified you. Go down just a little bit more here. So, verse 6, he's protesting. He's like, I'm only a youth. Verse 7, then the Lord said to me, don't say I'm only a youth. Well, that's pretty dramatic. Like, I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me you're only a youth. Is, is Jeremiah lying when he says I'm only a youth? I don't think so. I think he's telling the truth. Yeah. He's speaking the truth, but he's seeing the truth from the wrong, wrong lens. He's going, I'm only a youth. And instead of going, I'm only a youth that God has called and chosen and loves and wants to use, he's going, I'm only a youth. And that's why he's qualified. God said, don't say I'm only a youth, for you will go to everyone I sent to you. And speak whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid of anyone, for I will be with you to deliver you. This is the Lord's declaration. Then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and told me, I have now filled your mouth with my words. There are specific words that you need for your context. There's a lot that I don't know, but I'm assuming that the terminology a plumber would use would probably not work very well in the court of law for a lawyer. And I'm assuming a lot of the legal jargon that a lawyer has to use would not work very well in trying to apply it to fixing the plumbing in the house. And the places that God has called you to be light and the gospel that he's called you to share in that context with those people, there's a unique word that he wants to put in your mouth. Amen. That he's designed just for you. See, I understand the initial process is I protest what God's saying. Can I say this? Protesting is overrated. <laughs> Yielding. Yeah. to what God wants and agreeing with Him. It's interesting. 
truth will not set you free. Unless you think this is heresy. Truth in itself will not set you free. Jesus said you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. If you don't know it on the inside, it's not going to bring you freedom. But you agree with what the Father says. That he loves me. He likes me. And he chose me. Come on. So I'm going to quit arguing with him. Amen. And I'm going to let him love me. And I'm going to let him love me in all of those areas that I feel weak or shame or maybe guilt or feeling disqualified. I'm going to let him love me in every one of those areas. Because any weakness I'm trying to hide from him, he sees it anyways. He's a good loving father. I read this God's will is this. The place where God calls you is where your deep gladness meets the world's deep hunger. In other words, you are God's will for planet Earth. Come on. Wherever there's a problem, God already has a plan. But more than a plan, he has a man. He has a beloved son or daughter to be the solution to that. That's who he is. I bless you today to stop arguing with God and just agree with him. <laughs> to agree with him. Somewhere over the course of this weekend, I don't know if this morning I'll count this together, but this Saying he approves of everything you say and do. But 
think he's really, really good. Listen, he's not tolerating you. He's celebrating you. Woohoo! That's really good. <laughs> oh my, he's, <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> okay, I mentioned this verse in Colossians 1, 11 and 12. He says, with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Look, the ultimate thing that you were called to is being a beloved son and daughter of God. And living in His presence. And it says in Ephesians 3 verse 12 that we have boldness and right. confidence to enter the most holy place. It says that again, basically in Hebrews, again in chapter 10. We have boldness and confidence before the Father to come into His presence, to come into the holy place. This holy, holy place! And He invites us to come in. To live there. His holy presence is our natural habitat. Righteousness, peace, and joy is our new default setting. Come on. It's who we are. Joyfully giving thanks to Him who qualifies you to share in the inheritance of the saints. I want you to close your eyes and just put your hands out before the Father. We just read this in Colossians chapter 1. And I'm just going to invite Holy Spirit right now. Because I don't know what's going on in people's lives, but He does. He knows what's exactly in your heart. What He's called you to. And He knows the way you protested that. <coughs> and you can't change His mind. He just likes you. He can't help himself. He always has and always will. He's crazy about his kid. <laughs> Father, I thank you. We joyfully thank you that you have qualified us. I want you to say this after me. Father, I joyfully thank you. 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 That you have qualified me. That you have qualified me. No, I'm saying, me. 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 You know everything about me. You know everything about me. And yet you chose me. And you qualified me. I'm not disqualified. I'm accepted in the love. Woohoo! Hallelujah. You're so not rejected. You see, the Father chose you before the creation of the world. Come on. You were accepted and you were wanted before you could ever, ever be rejected That's right. by any person. That's right. Oh, man, I feel that. Whew. I just feel like it's just a, just a sweet, precious blanket of his love coming right now, especially on the right side of this room. Just put your hands up to him. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, just come. Lord, I thank you right now. I thank you for your angelic presence and assistance in ministering to the saints, their inheritance in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you for every lid that has been over the minds and hearts of your sons and daughters. Yes. That has lied to them, that has made them feel disqualified in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you're ripping off that lid in the name of Jesus. You're tearing that away. Woo! Oh! Ha -ha! 
like he loves me. Yeah, come on. Woo! Oh, put your hands out and just take a drink of him. More, 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 Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. I feel like there's at least one person. You're starting to feel like electricity starting to come on your body. You're starting to feel buzz through you. You're starting to feel something in your hands. I bless what God's doing right now. I bless what He's doing. He wants to rip out every lie from hell that has held you back. In the name of Jesus. Yes. I said rejection is not your friend. That's right. You've been so familiar with it. You've been so familiar with it. It has felt like your closest relative, but it is a lie from hell. That's right. The same way that that rejection felt so comfortable and familiar, God wants the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the helper to be that close to you. Come on. More, Lord. More, Lord. Show. Malita alepa alatonka alepa asilonto elabakondo isha amalinka atiko ngosi bato elabanto oremalinka atango taanta alabotunko asi alisho mbalia sankito bazingo batikango si ba. significant in the spirit it's like it's like I see like, a, like he's driven you as a stake into the ground in this region and you've been tied to the ground according to his sovereign purposes What you do is important, but who you are, even the stand you take in your mind, the stand, the holy resolve you take in your heart is significant for this region. No matter who comes to this church or not, no matter how many come to this church or not, the holy resolve in your heart to be faithful before the Lord is significant in the spirit realm and it is powerful. Amen. 
Lord said that there were times where you had the opportunity to be critical of different things. And the Lord just guided you. And you were like, you know what? My mind says this, but my heart, your heart is a heart of humility. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to voice that criticism. I just want him. I just want him. And instead of engaging in what your mind saw, you went with the humility of the heart. And God honors that. And he is so attracted to that. But I thank you. son who is significant because he has not pursued that in the eyes of men he's just said Lord I want to be a faithful son and I still say you've got the cry of your heart you are a faithful son
your loving presence all the days of my life. You, as a beloved son or daughter, you dwell under the continuous waterfall of the Father's love. And you get to joyfully celebrate, joyfully giving thanks that he has called you, he has qualified you, he has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. Oh. You get to drink deep of him and get to drink deep of his love for you. such a sweet presence here and uh, we're in a very unique time in the church world because I know a lot of you are, are new here or your guests and maybe for some of you you haven't entirely experienced this type of atmosphere of, of, of the Holy Spirit that might be very new for you and um I want to just really encourage you, particularly if that is kind of your context, that you just stay engaged right now. Because um, Christopher is going to continue to minister. We're going to do it in a little more of a private setting. We're going to shut the camera off so it's not being recorded on YouTube, right? So we can do that now, Josh, actually. But um, I just highly encourage you to 